0: Uh, We are so privileged uh, to be able to hear uh, from Eric Hurchin, uh, who is uh, one of the earliest members here at the Vineyard. He and his wife, Amanda, now live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, For, I think, uh, close to five years, Eric was the worship leader uh, here in the church. He's a, a really good personal friend and I don't want to put any pressure on Eric whatsoever because he's family. But I'm sure this will be the greatest message preached in the history of all Christendom, in any language, any continent, in any era or any time. Um, Because uh, Eric is a man who loves God, uh, who has seen uh, his own life radically impacted by the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He has a rich and a wonderful heritage uh, and uh, he is pursuing the Lord in a really authentic way. So if you'll make your way down from the balcony, Eric, and come on this way. Um, Eric was uh, one of the faculty for this Cela worship intensive uh, seminar. Uh, we had people from five or six states and like 160 some registrants. Uh, we didn't do this. This was Ray Hughes's ministry. But um, uh, Eric is uh, uh, editor, one of the contributing editors to Relevant Magazine, both print and online, um, uh, he, uh, he also works for a Christian publishing company. Uh, he helps out on the worship team of Morning Star Ministries. Uh, he also sells popcorn in the lobby and signs autographs afterwards. Um, so um, how many of you would like to see Jesus Christ more clearly and sooner? Okay, well, Jesus told this to his disciples. He said, you will not see me again until you learn how to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Eric, we say, blessed are you because you come in the name of the Lord. So knock yourself out. All right, we thanks. love you.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, that was, that was really sweet of Ray to lie like that. <laughs> On my behalf, that was really nice. Um, he always does a good job in that realm. <laughs> Well, um, I can't find my notes, but that's okay, because I'd memorized exactly what I was going to say. I I feel very um, privileged to be in front of you guys today. I I don't know a lot of you. Um, The church has changed a lot, and thank God, you know. um. (laughs) So I want to come here today to serve you guys. Um, that's what I want to do because uh, when I was here before, I-, I learned a thing or two about serving. Um, I was here for almost five years. Well, I-, I was with the church longer than that, but I, I led worship um, for almost five years. And uh, during that five years, I learned a lot about uh, uh, being offended. I learned a lot. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I learned a lot about real friendship. Um, I learned a lot about uh, the power of staying in one place. I learned a lot about patience. Um, I learned about, a lot about the Lord uh, during that time. I learned a lot about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and I count that as probably one of the solidest foundations that I have in my life, um, that my, that my, my marriage um, was the time that I spent here. So for all of you who are here and who feel called here to this, to this body of people, let me just tell you, one of the wisest things that you could do is to make a commitment to these people and make a commitment to being here and to being with these people, uh, and to living your lives openly and, uh, and freely in front of each other, and to really um, enjoy and bless one another. Even in your disagreements, love one another, and, and to cherish, cherish the times that, that, you, uh, that you have together, um, because it really is special. Um, one of the, the thing that I want to talk about today, and you can go ahead and be turning in your Bibles there, is Proverbs 3. Um, that will be our text today, and uh, not the whole thing, uh, but specifically proverbs three uh, one through um, one through fourteen and i 'll explain to you a little bit why I wanted to speak on this basically um, uh, the last year of my life, uh, my wife and I have spent reading this this passage of of Scripture, uh, something like four or five times a week, uh, together right before we go to bed and pray. Um, and by the way, if you're newlywed, um, I highly suggest uh, a couple things that you can do: um, pray together and tithe. Um, those those two things will set you up for um, for at least partial success um, as as you grow. But um, I'll tell you the background of it a, a little bit. Not this about this time last year, a little bit before. Um, my wife had found uh, evidence, possibly, of cancer. Um, and we were we were quite scared at the time. Um, you know, she went to the doctor. The doctor said, well, you know, you're really healthy. You're young. Um, you probably don't have cancer. Um, but there's a chance. Uh, and, you know, we want to look into this. So um, there were some other things going on in, in our lives at that time that were really hard. Um, and so... Uh, we didn't really know where to turn except for, for God. Um, so we decided, well, you know, what can we do? So we thought about it, and we said, well, let's look in the concordance, you know? I mean, that's a good place to start. So I looked up healing, um, and uh, uh, up at the top of the list, because it's the Old Testament, there's Proverbs 3. So we, uh, we crack open the Bible to Proverbs 3, and we read it, and it's so amazing it's not like I hadn't read it before, but we were reading with new eyes, and um, and we read this passage, and it, and it brought a lot of comfort and grace to us, so we decided to read it the next night, and then we read it the next night after that, and then it just kind of just kept going, and we just kind of re- kept, kept reading it and kept putting it into our spirits, into our hearts, and, um, and, and of course, praying for Amanda and... Uh, uh, the good news is uh, she did have surgery, and it, it was uh, there was no cancer, which was uh, very exciting for me um, and her. Um, but after the surgery was over, we realized God was not done with us yet uh, in this passage of Scripture. He wasn't done with us um, in Proverbs 3. He wasn't done, he wasn't finished with what we needed to learn um, in this passage. And, you know, we, we kind of said, well, let's just read it for a year and see what happens, you know? And uh, it's been a year, and uh, sometime around the end of that year, <laughs> we kind of looked at each other. We were in, in bed with the, the Bible. I was like, well, what do you think? We tried out a new passage of Scripture, actually. And uh, it was kind of like, well, we went back to Proverbs 3. So we decided, well, maybe we'll keep reading it another year and see what happens. So, um, I guess what, I, I come to you today, and, and when, when, when Ray called me and said, you know, would you like to preach? Well, the first thing I said was, well, I don't preach. Um, Ray laughed and said, well, would you like to speak then? <laughs> and I said, I don't know that like to would be up there, but I will. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy speaking in front of large crowds of people. Uh, I do like teaching um, in smaller groups. Um, so, so here I am. But when, but when he asked me, um, the first thing that I thought of, well, the the only thing, uh, not the only thing, but the main thing that I've been learning over the, this last year is, is, is the richness of this text and the richness of what God put in this text. And the reason I want to bring that, this, this text to you today is because I want to serve you guys. And I want to give you guys something that will help your lives go better before the Lord and, and in your whole life. And let me, uh, let me direct this especially at those of you who are 25 and under. And I'm not saying this text won't help you help those who are older than that. But um, I really love teenagers, and I love young 20-somethings. Probably, uh, uh, I'm a creative person um, by nature, and um, there's something in the younger people that, that as you get older, wisely, thank God, um, you know things settle down, and you lose some of that creative spark that you had when you were younger. Um, some of it just because of the, the dailiness of life. But what I love about young people is I love that creative spark and I love that, that energy. But I also, one thing about the young people that I also know is that they need, they, they need to hear these words. They need to hear the words of Proverbs. I needed to hear the, the words that were in, in the Proverbs. Um, so if you're young, uh, I really invite you. Um, if, you're, if you're looking for a passage of scripture and you just, you know, when you're young, sometimes you just kind of skip around and you really don't know where to go. Proverbs three is a great place to start. Um, so, so that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to look at Proverbs three one through fourteen. We're just going to go over it, and I just want to share with you a little bit from my heart of, of what I've learned. And really, um, I invite you guys. Um, it, it doesn't have to be this scripture, but I invite you guys pick one passage, and, and not just one little verse. Pick a whole passage. Um, if you want to see your life improve before God, pick a passage of scripture. And go over it again and again and again and again and again until the Lord really begins to put that into your heart. And from reading this scripture, I think it'll be self-evident why that's so. All right. Verse one. My son. Uh, I guess if we were reading the TNIV, it'd probably be something like my sons and daughters or uh, you know my people or something like that. Um, but from what I understand... This was a father writing to a son, but it's no less pertinent to um, daughters as well. "My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart." All right, that's the beginning. That's the beginning, right there. Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. All right, it seems simple enough. How do you keep a commandment in your heart? Now we keep lots of things in our hearts, don't we? Um, we keep pop songs in our hearts. We, see, we keep celebrity gossip in our hearts. We keep sports stats in our hearts. Um, I guarantee there's somebody in here that I could ask about some kind of sports stat relating to the University of Kentucky or, uh, you know, NBA, NFL, something, and probably even obscure stuff. World Series 1955, somebody help me out. You know, I'm, I guarantee there'd be, you know, at least a couple people in here that could really quickly rattle this stuff off. Um, I could ask about um, Jennifer Aniston. I could ask you about Brad Pitt. I could ask you about their relationships. And I guarantee somebody in here would know a little bit of something about this, right? I guarantee if I asked somebody in here if they could sing all of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air opener, somebody could do that. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Don't do it. But
0: <laughs>
1: you see what I'm saying? You know, we keep these things in our heart, right? These things stay in here. And, and they affect us. They do. It's the things that we, that we put in our heart is what, be, what we become. Um, so, what this passage is saying is, don't forget my commandments, but keep them in, in my heart, like you would the words to a pop song, like you would uh, all the information in Us Weekly, like you would all the information in Sports Illustrated Magazine. Or even more so, because Sports Illustrated Magazine and Us Weekly isn't going to help your life go right. And here's the great thing about Proverbs 3, is is you've got this beginning thing. Do not forget my commandments. But what's great is you you have these things to do, and then you have promises that are attached to each one of them. And that's why I really like Proverbs 3, because it doesn't just tell me what to do, but it tells me what's going to happen when I do those things, okay? Um, When I was young, one of the things that I really hated was when people said, don't do this, and then, why? Because I said so. I always wanted, I still am, I'm not, that's the kind of person I am. I want a reason why. I don't want to just do something because I'm supposed to do it. Now I realize when you're younger, you, you know, you probably just need to shut up and do it. But, <laughs> but for me, I want a reason why. Why on earth would I want to do this? Well, I'll tell you why. And, um, and if you live your life this way, you'll, you'll see that this is true, um, I want to know why. Why should I not forget your teaching? Why should I keep these commands in your heart? Why should I make room in my heart for this stuff when I'm much more interested um, in, you know, in the latest rock band? And I really am. Um, what's going to happen? Well, length of days and years of life, the New American Standard says, or peace and prosperity, the NIV says. We all would like that. We all want peace. That's one of the things we're all searching for is peace. We're all looking for prosperity at some level. Now, I believe that this isn't just wealth, although I believe that it contains that. I think that this is also the kind of prosperity of your spirit when you really prosper. So when we do not forget this teaching and we keep these commands in our heart, we get peace and prosperity. Prosperity. Now, maybe not exactly the next day, maybe not the next month, but it will happen. Just like if we keep other things in our hearts, there will be, there, there will be um, you know, there will be things that happen to us, correct? The kind of things that we keep in our heart eventually will grow and turn into something full, full force, right? Full-fledged. Well, these things, these, these commands that we're about ready to look at, they will bring peace and prosperity. All right, the first thing, and I don't think this, this is an accident. Do not let, well, uh, this, is the, uh, this is the NAS, I do like the NIV a little bit better, but this one says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. I like, the NIV says, do not let love and faithfulness ever leave you. Um, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And I think that this is where we begin. We begin with love and kindness. Because if we put this on first, everything else looks really good on top of it. Now, if we put on certain things first and don't have love, we become arrogant. We become those kind of Christians that everybody hates. We become the kind of person that we hate eventually. uh, When we build really awful things into ourselves. So what we do first is we take kindness and what I love this, uh, I love poetry, so I really like this. I like the idea of writing love and loyalty on the tablet of my heart. Um, I'm a graffiti artist, um, although, you know, I don't practice illegally anymore. Um, <laughs> but did it for years, and I like the idea of inscribing something on my heart, you know, of tagging something on there, of leaving my mark, right? And what? What God's saying is, leave my mark on your heart. Write it down. Put it there. Love and kindness. And what happens when you have love and kindness? What, when you put those things, when you bind that thing around your neck, when you make that the main goal of your life, what happens? Well, let's see. You will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Favor and a good name. You know why? Because everybody likes kind people. Now, you might not be the CEO of the corporation. That might take a little bit more cutthroatness. But you will find favor in a good name. And that's, that's the basic. But not just in the sight of man, in the sight of God. Do you want to have favor with God? Let love and kindness never leave you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. That's great. Um, how many of you guys... Uh, have worked um, with the public at some level. Like, uh, show of hands, I'd love to see it. Worked with the public. Uh, okay, Mo- a lot of us, right? Whether it's, um, you know, at a McDonald's or a grocery store or the movie theater or the cinema. All right, uh, you know, uh, waiting tables, something like that. We've all done that, right? Uh, telephone conversations. All right, people stink. People, are, Right? <laughs> People are generally bad to one another. Uh, We treat each other like robots. Um, Our worlds generally revolve around us. Um, You know, that that whole thing. Christians tend to be worse. Uh, Everybody knows if you're a waiter, don't want to work Sunday afternoons, tips are always bad, certain, you know, people, you know, demanding stuff, kids spilling things and the parents don't pick them up, all that stuff, right? Um, I have a friend that, we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, uh, We have, my wife goes to hair school, and all of the, she has like one, she knows one other girl there that knows the Lord. Everybody, everybody's godless. And it's funny because her friends tell her these stories, um, you know, now they're, you know, they always preface it with like, but we like you, (laughs) but we don't like Christians. And here's why. Because, you know, a lot of them do double duty. They don't just go to hair school, but they wait tables and they do these kind of things. And, uh. You know, it's the, it's the people with the Jesus fish on the back of their car that cut them off in traffic and flipping the bird and, you know, all these kind of stuff, you know, which is why I don't have uh, fish, Jesus fish on the back of my, my car, so you can't tell. Um, but, so the number, the first thing that we can do, do you, want, do you want to find favor and a good name? Do you want to give God a good name in the sight of, God, of, of man? Love and kindness. That's all. That, that's it. Now it's a little harder than you think. I mean, you know that we, have, we, all have, we all have days, right? Somebody cuts me off in traffic, and that's you know pastors always use that explanation. Let's, let's not even do that. I come into work and my boss gives me five things that I can't do because he hasn't done the things that I need. To do, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, I come into work, my boss gives me five things to do, I can't do any one of those things because he hasn't done the thing that he needs to do to make those things happen. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, now that, that's the beginning of my day, right? Well, by the time I get home and we go out to eat because I've got another bunch of stuff to do because of work, right? I, I've had a bad day, my boss has been rough, you know, the secretary's inept, the management, what do they know? You know, everything's awful, so I get home, my wife's in a bad mood because she's had a bad day, because the teachers you know, are asking her to do things that you know, they haven't taught her to do. Okay, you, know, you get the idea, right? So we go out to eat, and now we're both really excited about life, <laughs> right? So immediately, who's the first person that we interact with besides each other? The waitress, all right. Well, you can see how we get in the quandary that we get into so what we do is we, we do not let kindness and, and, uh, and, or, or love and faithfulness leave us. So we do. And, and what's great is, what I like about the NIV is, the, instead of uh, in truth, I like, I like the idea of loyalty or, or faithfulness because I like that idea that we, we stay. We keep going. We love and we stay, right? We do those two things. All right, let's move on. We labored those enough. Next thing, after we figure out love, well, we haven't figured it out, but after we begin to put love on, we trust. And we don't just trust in anybody, because that would be idiotic. We trust in the Lord. We trust in, in, in a person who does not fail us. And we could trust in, in anybody, but our lives won't go very well if we do that. We need to be very careful about who we, who we choose to trust. To trust, so we trust the Lord and we trust Him with all of our heart. And then the second part of that is we don't lean on our own understanding. Interestingly enough, I was thinking. Now remember, I've read this for over a year, so I've gotten a lot of insight. You know, I mean, it's funny too because, like, about six months through, you know, you'd figure you'd have it down, (laughs) but six months through, it's like, oh, oh my goodness. Leaning on your own understanding. Um, it's kind of impossible to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, like, for example, Greg. Oh, yeah, now you feel like you, I've put you on the spot. I won't do that. Um, so it's somebody else not named Greg. Not named Greg. <laughs> Lewis. Um, so um, can you imagine leaning on yourself? You can't. You can't do it. You can't lean on yourself. There's no, you can lean on a wall. You can lean on a car if, it's, if the parking brake is on. You can lean on a lot of things, but you can't lean on yourself. It's, it's impossible. It's a physical impossibility. And you can't lean on your own understanding because it's a part of yourself. You need to lean on something outside of yourself. So, so there we go. Don't lean on your own understanding Uh, and and instead of leaning on your understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now, here's the part of acknowledging him. So, let's go back to the scenario. I get to work, and my boss gives me five things to do that I can't do because he hasn't... Anybody seen Joe versus the Volcano, just out of curiosity? (laughs) All right, not enough people to to make this. Well, there's this really fun scene where uh, Tom Hanks, who's the main character, goes into work, and uh, his boss comes in and he says... I need you to send those catalogs out, and he goes, "I would, but I don't have any, ca- or I have like one left, or something like that." And he's like, "That's not good enough, Joe." And and to which Joe says, "Well, then order them." <laughs> he said, and then and then the boss gets really upset, and he's like, "When did you tell me?" He's like, "I told you three weeks ago, and then two weeks ago. Did you tell me this week?" He's like, "No, but." It's not good enough, is it? You know, so, so we go back to that scenario, right? Of, uh, you know, of the, of the pretty, um, pretty rough job scenario. And in all of our ways, acknowledging him, right? So I get this missive down from my boss or my teacher or whatever place that you're in, you go to, to work and your boss is rude to you, whatever it is, Okay. And at that point, I need to acknowledge the Lord before I do anything else. Before I begin to blame my boss, before I begin to to rail at the injustices of a world that lets mismanagement go so deep, um, you know, whatever it is, the first thing I do is acknowledging Him. And that goes for all of us, no matter what we do. Are you a student? Are you? Do you play on a sports team? Are you in a rock band? Are you a plumber? Are you an accountant? Are you a lawyer? Are you a secretary? Are you a teacher? and all your ways acknowledge him He will make your path straight okay no matter what you do, God has the best plan for your life and he, has, he knows the best way to do it okay uh, Dallas Willard, a philosopher at USC University of South California, says that that Jesus was the most intelligent man who ever lived and We have to believe that in order to believe that he knows the best way for our lives to go in all areas. I mean, how weird would it be for us to believe in God and and to trust in him, but then not believe if I was a nuclear physicist that I could go to him with my problems? Or if I was a doctor that I couldn't go to him with my problems? What if I have a scalpel and I'm getting ready to cut someone open? Do I believe that God could help me then? Well, I can't lean on my own understanding. Now I can lean a little bit on the understanding of those who came before me, and I need, and I need to. Uh, as human beings, we don't do anything. That we do, we don't do anything that we don't learn, right? Um, you know, let a let a child grow up without parents who teach it how to speak, right? We don't speak, walk, talk, socialize, do anything without learning. So. So we do have to learn, but at the same time, we need to we need to lean on on God's understanding and on our own. In all things. And if we do these things, he'll make our path straight. Number seven. Um, and I think that this is um, again, I think that this is no mistake that that, uh, that the writer of Proverbs has put it in this order. I think these it's a very natural order. We've got love and kindness, and we've got trusting and not leaning and and, and acknowledging God, right? So we have all these things, and and now we go to the next step. Okay, now we talk about humility, right? Because here's the thing: if you begin to acknowledge God and He makes your path straight, and you get win favor and a good name from God and man, well, guess what? You're set up for, right? Well, you get a little success under your belt, right? And then what happens? Well, you think you did it, right? That's what happens. It's happened to me more than once maybe 10 times, maybe 500. So we don't want to be wise in our own eyes. We want to be humble, right? And not a false humility either, but like a humility that really realizes that we don't know everything. Now here's the interesting thing. If we're not humble, guess what we have a tendency to do? And that's what the next verse is about. It says, fear God and shun evil or turn away from evil. Here's the thing. When we're not humble, we get prideful. We think that we can hold hot coals in our hands and not get burned, right? That's what happens. That's what happens when we get prideful, when we think that it's, when, that it's us. So when we are wise in our own eyes, we have a tendency not to shun evil. We have a tendency to, to hold on to it and enjoy it and not realizing that it really will, will hurt us. Now, it may not hurt us at first. In fact, we'll, be, we'll enjoy it um, for quite a while, but it will, it will not make our lives go correctly. In fact, let's look at what happens when you, when, you, uh, when you do the right thing. If you fear the Lord and turn away from evil, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. So, if you are wise in your own eyes, if you think that you know everything and you don't turn away from evil, what will happen eventually? You get sick and die. Well we'll, well, we'll get sick and die anyway, but you'll get sick and die in a really deep and, and long way, okay? So if you want health and nourishment for your body and your bones, don't be wise, be humble. Now, and here's another thing that goes along with the success that the Lord is going to give you after you learn how to handle kindness and trust and all that stuff, right? Right? Because here's the thing, he says, remember, he says to keep these commands, peace and prosperity, right? All of a sudden, you're looking like one of the main dudes in the city, right? You're looking like one of the best guys at the company. You're, like, you're moving through the, the corporate ladder pretty quickly at this point, right? You're the captain of the soccer team, whatever, right? You do these things. Um, and at that point, you will have wealth, some level of it. I don't know what level it'll be, but it will be wealth. And some of it will be spiritual, yes, but... Plenty of it will be monetary wealth. I mean, really, you do these things and you, and you will grow. You, your bank account will grow. That's why we have to honor the Lord with our wealth. Because he knows how to handle it better. Remember, we don't lean on our own understanding. So what we do is we, we learn to give. And why do we learn to give? Because of the first commandment, love and faithfulness. Right? Love gives. Love gives. So we learn to give. And it's a good idea um, since we are humans. Discipline helps. Um, For all those guys who've ever been on a sports team, whether you're a high school superstar or you made it to college for a while, you didn't get good at what you did by not being disciplined, right? Uh, I was talking to one of my classes yesterday. And we talked about, um, we were talking about in reference to the arts, um, there's this weird uh, thing among artists that think... Uh, it's, it's more pure expression if I don't practice, or it's a more pure, uh, you know, example of what, what's, what my heart's about if I, don't, if I don't use craft. But, you know, how ridiculous would that be if I applied that to, like, um, you know, basketball? You know, like, well, it's a pure expression of my free throw <laughs> if I don't practice, right? This is more who I am. This is who I really am. Well, yeah, but who you are won't make it the team, and definitely your coach won't want to put you in a position to where you'll be making free throws. And actually, towards the end of the game, guess who everybody's going to be fouling? <laughs> so you get my point. So this discipline that I'm speaking of is tithing. It's that, it's that thing that was instituted before the law uh, comes in the form of... of uh, of a, of a chance meeting between two guys where one guy recognizes the other guy's authority in, in God and gives him 10% of everything he has just out of the blue. Um, and that's, that carries over into what we do now. And it's just a really good discipline for us. It's a good discipline for our hearts. It's a good discipline for our lives is to give 10% of everything that we have. Now, here's the funny thing. It's hard. It's not easy. Especially at the beginning. But here's the thing, it, it'd be better to go ahead and start now while you don't have much to when you have more. Okay? When I was making literally fourteen, I think fourteen thousand, maybe fourteen five, maybe less. Thirteen five. Yes, there we go. Ray was on the board of directors, so he remembers. I was making thirteen five a year. Now that's rough. I don't care if you're in Campbellsville or North Carolina, thirteen five is not much. Um I did have other jobs, <laughs> just so you know. Um, when you're making $13,500 a year, not much to tithe off of, but at the same time, that's still $1,350, isn't it? That's $1,350, and let me tell you, when you're looking at $13,500, that seems like a lot of money. I mean, let's just be honest. That $1,000 could help me out, could feed me. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have to eat all Walmart special stuff, right? I could go somewhere else besides Sam's choice. And it's not my choice. I'll tell you that, because it's not. (laughs) But early on in our marriage, my wife and I decided that we were gonna tithe. And it was not at first it was not easy, but let me tell you this, and, and this is from my life, this is from my heart, this is to serve you guys. We never missed a bill due to finances. Now we may have missed a bill due to uh, Eric's undisciplined disciplined approach to uh, check writing, which luckily Amanda quickly uh, remedied, and became the uh, head treasurer over my household, <laughs> which is probably the third wisest thing I've ever done in my life. We've not missed bills since. Um, but as far as finances go, we never missed a bill. Still haven't. Still have always had enough. And. Let me me say this, we haven't just had enough. We've had more than enough. Now, we may not have what we would consider in America riches, but I guarantee go anywhere outside of America and I would look like a king. I do have carpet in my bedroom now, that's nice. Um, But these things, I, I can tell you right now that my life has been richer because of it. And here's the great thing. Here, you turn into those weirdos, once you start doing this for a while, you turn into one of those weirdos that start wanting to give everything away. And, and she's not here, so I can talk about her. Um, we have this uh, futon. And, I mean, the Lord's blessed us. We've got lots of furniture. But we've got this extra room, and we've got this futon in it. We don't really need it, but, you know, everybody likes extra furniture for rooms. You know, you got, we've got our little office, and we've got a little place to sit. And, you know, it's even an extra bed you can pull out. It's very nice. So we can entertain guests. So um, we have this futon, and it's, it's sitting in our office. And some friends of ours who are younger, newly married, uh, actually just got pregnant. I think they've been married for like six months and got pregnant. It was one of those things. Neither of them are making any money. I, probably a little bit more than 13.5, but not much. Um, and they came in, and they were looking, and they were like, oh, we need one of those. It's too bad, you know, we, too bad we can't have it. Amanda, and I'm like, Psh! She goes, well, you can have ours. And I'm like, really? You can? Okay. Great. Take it. You know, and this isn't my normal wife. I don't know where she went. The one that a couple days ago was complaining about the ones we do have, you know, like, well, these aren't fashionable. But that's what happens when you begin to, we begin to do that. You want to give away. And, and, and I don't want to talk about me too much because I, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I'm not doing that, but I want to serve you guys. But I can tell you that we've been able to give above and beyond 10% to the things that our hearts really burn for, whether it's missions in Africa or friends of ours who are doing ministry. Uh, you know, Whatever it's been, we've been able to give above and beyond and to bless other people, and that's so important. And the thing is, let me tell you something: when you give, um, you know, everybody knows the the Christmas Day uh, malaise, right? You, you know, you open your presents, and by five o'clock, you're you're over it, you're done, right? Maybe the iPod's still kind of cool, but mostly, you know, by the end of the day, you know, the cool clothes, you know, you, uh, it's cool. You wear them the first day of school, and that's fun. You know, everybody looks cool for about three days, and then after that, everybody's back to the old stuff. But but it doesn't last, right? But let me tell you, when you give, it does last. That, that feeling. Now, it's not exactly. It's not quite so high of a spike, you know? But it's, it's a longer-lasting, better spike, right? Um, hopefully no one has ever done drugs in here, but if, if you have, non-prescription, there's a really heavy spike, okay? And then a really heavy drop-off. And the longer you use them... Uh, the spike gets lower and the drop-off gets high, much more, uh, it's more, deeper, there you go, the trench goes down, and it takes more to get that spike and down, now giving is exactly the opposite, the more you give, the higher, and it's not a spike anymore, it's this nice slope towards the upwards, your life will go better, so learn, so learn to give, Now, look at what happens, though, by the way. Honor the Lord from your wealth and the first from your produce. Now, here's the funny thing. So we've been given to learn to give away, and I've been talking about that, but look what happens when we do. All of a sudden, our vats, well, our barns will be filled with plenty, and our vats are overflowing with new wine. Okay? So I have to believe that, and I, I know Amanda didn't do this for this reason, But I have to believe that as soon as that thing leaves our house, six months down the road, she'll probably have like that new thing that she wanted or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that we do that for that reason. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I've seen the Lord work over and over again in our lives. And when we do learn to give away and we take the focus off that thing that we wanted and we put the focus on the right thing, then all of a sudden that thing comes in. But what's interesting is we're not married to it and it's not God. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, all right, that's enough of that, huh? Um, One thing about the new wine, by the way. uh, When he brings this stuff, it's always fresh. God doesn't give us leftovers, right? Our barns will be filled to overflowing. The only way, in in the old days, the only way your barn was filled to overflowing was not to bring in all the junk from last year. In fact, by that time, the junk from last year was already used up, right? So when the barn is overflowing... Right? It's fresh. It's fresh harvest. Vats will brim over with not just any wine, but new wine. Right? So it's fresh stuff. It's not leftovers. It's not junk. Right? God wants to give you the best and fresh. And new wine also speaks of spiritual reality as well. Right? If we want to talk about kingdom of heaven stuff, New Testament reality stuff, we're talking about signs, wonders, healing. People getting touched, right? We want to see that stuff. All right, now finally, again, it's always fun. I love how they do this, but he, the, this writer tempers everything he says, and he's very realistic, right? So again, he takes us back up to the heights. Oh, wow, new wine. That's brimming over. Barn's full. Praise God, you know. I'm ready to put on the gold suit and preach this all over the world. Maybe I can get a TV station. But then look what he says. He says, My son, put the gold suit away. Do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his, his reproof. The NIV, I believe, says uh, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. So here's the thing. The Lord is going to bless you, but he doesn't want you to be a spoiled valley kid okay, he doesn't want you to be a brat, he wants you to be genuinely humble, right, he wants all the things that we talked about before, he wants the love and kindness, he wants the trust, he wants the the, the humility, right, so he blesses you with all these things because it's the father's heart to bless, right, if Jesus talks about it later on in the scriptures, he says, hey, you guys are fathers and some of your mothers, right, if your kids ask you for a loaf of bread, what what do you give them, Right? You give them, yeah, you're not going to give them a snake or a stone. Right? If they, you know what I'm saying? If you've got it to give, you want to bless them. Right? But you still, but for their hearts, for the good of, and I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about years down the road. For the good of their hearts, you have to discipline your children, and the Lord has to discipline us. And the, the earlier that we realize that the discipline that he hands to us is our, for, for our good, not for our ill is the day that we learn and we mature. Now, we won't do it overnight. Look at me. I'm conflicted, broken, uh, hypocritical in some ways, got lots of problems. If it frightens you, be honest with yourself. You're probably at least half as bad. You're probably not as bad as me, but you're probably, you probably have your own problems, right? And if you can't notice them, I, I guarantee that your family or your friends will. <laughs> And we'll be glad if you ask them to point them out to you, right? If you Be honest with me. Do I do this? And depending on what kind of person you will, they may answer honestly or not. <laughs> they may, you know, round it off a little bit just for your benefit because they know what kind of person you are. You know what kind of love that, that you'll hand out, hand, hand out to them. But but true. It is true we have to be able to not despise the Lord's discipline because his discipline is good for us. And in the end, it brings maturity and wisdom and growth and beauty and all the things that he wants to give to us. Finally, let's end here with 13 and 14. And this is one of those things where it's great poetry, it's beautiful, and it just goes up and your heart just starts to swell and beat furiously, like mad. Uh, If you ever read Paul, Paul gets on these ridiculous ecstatic moments where it's just... You know, he gets in these poetic, you know, how glorious and grand are the blessings of the Lord, you know, and and if you're not careful, you can go, God, Paul, you're freaking out. But the thing is, is if you knew the Lord the way that he knew the Lord, you wouldn't be that way. You wouldn't be cynical about it. You'd be like, yeah, you're right, man. You're completely on the right page. So listen to this. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for its profit is better than the profit of silver, and it's gain more than fine gold. In fact, let's keep going because it's so awesome. She is more precious, wisdom is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold fast. And then it goes on, it keeps going, about all these things that the Lord did with wisdom by his side. Establishing the, the the earth and all the heavens and everything that go that you know that lives and breathes and has its being and all those things. So so here you go. Proverbs three. And this is just a little bit of of the things that I've thought of over the last year and that my wife has so helpfully pointed out to me and um, you know, all those things. So, you know, if I'm wanting to serve you, I just want to say, you know, please. Check this out. If you're young, read this over and over again. For a year, maybe. I mean, and, and again, the Lord treats all of us a little bit differently. He, he, um, he interacts with us according to us, to to us to our personalities. So it's okay if the Lord, you know, if you start reading this and you're like, oh, this doesn't work for me. But something will. But I tell you what, though, if you, I guarantee, if you take this into you, if you memorize it, well, you gotta do two things, by the way. You, you can't just memorize. You gotta memorize and meditate, okay? You can't just, memorize it from rote you have to memorize it and then turn it over and over in your mind but if you do this i guarantee that the lord will bless you and then you'll see the blessings of the lord in your life all right let's pray by the way are, are we doing any you'll take it after i pray okay good well let, let, and i want to pray over you guys too so let's do that well lord i thank you so much for your wisdom and your grace uh, i've seen it in my life um in a lot of ways that are completely undeserving Lord, I thank you for your discipline. I thank you for your reproof. I thank you for the ways that you have been to to me and my wife and to this church. Lord, I thank you um, that you want to bless us, that it's your great desire to, to give us all good things. And I pray for each one of these people here, Lord. I pray that your blessing would be on them, on their houses, on their families, on their friendships, in their jobs. Lord, I pray that you would teach them deeply how to love and how to be kind, how to be faithful, how to trust in you, how to lean not on your own understanding. Lord, I just pray that you would teach them to to in all their ways acknowledge you because you will make their path straight. And I ask that you would bring the kingdom in in their midst, the reality of your love and your graciousness. And I ask that peace and prosperity would be on the heads of everyone who hears this word today. And I pray especially for the young people. I pray especially for the teenagers and the college students. Lord, I pray that you'd give them a vision for the excitement of the kingdom of God, of the creativity of the kingdom of God, of, of, of your grand love and your scheme to bless them and not to curse them. And I pray that you would fill them up with all wisdom and intelligence. In your holy name it is what we pray. Amen.